know you. You're nearly Headless Nick. I prefer Sir Nicholas, if you don't mind. Nearly Headless? How can you be nearly Headless? Like this. Welcome back to Conspiracy Club. I'm Tom. And I'm Emir. This week, uh, before we get into it, I want to give a trigger warning, I guess, to any people that are for the faint of heart uh, or other have other things going on. Because this episode is going to contain uh, some information about graphic violence, uh, both of the regular, if graphic violence can be regular. It is. Um, and then the sexual nature as well. So there's some oh, there's some pretty hardcore stuff going on here. I know so, about the other one. So if you if that's going to upset you or anything like that, then I suggest you catch us on the next episode. All right, see ya. Bye, Amir. No. All right, let's, let's deep dive so into we, whatever This episode about. is Tales of Survival. People who survive something insane uh, that maybe they shouldn't have just by the sheer nature of what happened to them. Mm. Um, so we have two stories. Two. There's two. Um, they're both relatively recent. There's no Donner Party 1846. How it, recent are we talking? The first one's the 70s. Oh! And the, second, the late 70s. And, the sec- and it actually comes into the 90s as well. And oh, then the okay. second one is in the 90s only. Oh. Not sure how long this is going to be, but there's two stories. This so you ready to get into this? Kooky. All right. Well, like we said, let's smack a big old parental advisory on this one. Yeah, this is this would be an X-rated one. Yeah, if you if you aren't ready for some very dark, depressing stuff, catch us on the next one. You well, know, going to talk about puppies. Yeah, his favorite breed of puppy. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about like rainbows well how are they made what's that about magnets how do they work yeah well, you know shoes how do you put them on <laughs> maybe i'll give this episode is not that though. but it's not that though it is it's gonna get dark so i'm gonna you know get ready to buckle in be so sad here's a sign listen every at this moment right now listen to this this is that's me putting on my seatbelt <laughs> i don't even i have the mic picked that up my seatbelt is on there it is. I just put Mine's my on as on. well. Yep. So we're about to put our foot on the gas. Mm-hmm. Well, my, first got to put it in drive. But, my bad. Yeah. Check my mirrors. Is yep. my seat adjusted? Mm-hmm. Yep. Look, look behind you before you know turning. Nobody's in the back seat. Yep. So now let's let's put it in drive, and here we go. So let's fooked. By the way, this this is fooked. Okay. So let's go back to Berkeley, California, 1978. It's a sweltering afternoon on September 29th. Mary Vincent is 15 and looks to have a promising future as a dancer. Ah. She's danced on stage uh, at the Lido de, Par- Lido de Paris in Vegas, as well as venues in Australia and Hawaii. Mary wasn't happy, though. And on this hot day, Mary decided to run from home and head for Los Angeles. Oh, come on, Mary. Mary. But as a young girl, she didn't have a car to take her to the City of Angels. Just her legs and a hitchhiker's thumb. It wasn't long before she was approached by Lawrence Singleton, who rolled up in his blue van. Oh, come on. The van is never the car to get into. Singleton looked safe enough. An older man who could have been someone's grandfather. Oh, the least one. He offered to drive Mary to Interstate 5, and she accepted. Ah, 15-year-olds nowadays. 
However, Interstate 5 came and passed, and Mary began to panic. She grabbed a pointed surveyor stick from beside the passenger seat and demanded Singleton turn back to the interstate. Singleton was startled. He claimed it was an honest mistake, and he listened to Mary. And Mary believed him that it was an honest mistake. Okay. A few miles down the road, Singleton pulls the car over to the side of the road and tells Mary that he has to use the bathroom and he can't wait any longer. Ah. Mary's fine with this. She wants to get a breath of fresh air, so she gets out too. Oh, no. And she kneels down to retie her shoelaces, and Singleton sneaks up behind her and smacks her behind uh, on the back of the head with a hammer. Oh, did she? Okay, question. She's knocked unconscious. All right, did he leave the car's... The keys in the ignition, because that's sure what I got. I don't know. I wouldn't have got out the car. I would have just been like, shroom, got into the scene, I, hit the gas, and been off. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. So not he knocks all. her unconscious. This uh, Lawrence Singleton then brutally rapes her. Oh, wow. Uh, and he told her that if she screamed, uh, he would kill her. He forced, uh, excuse me, he forced her to drink an unknown alcohol from a plastic jug. Oh. Mary faded in and out of consciousness, and when she finally awoke, she pleaded for her life, for him to set her free. Singleton remarked, you want to be free? I'll set you free, before returning with a hatchet. Oh, no! Singleton held Mary down and cut off her right arm. Oh, the whole arm? Uh, it's probably like, it's around her forearm. So about here? Uh, yeah. Or here? Uh, probably, that first one's probably more like the first thing he did, which is like kind of halfway. I'm not really sure. The second one was described. So he cut off her right arm. She screams and struggles. Yeah. As he moved to her left arm, severing that one as well, just below the elbow. Oh, man. But the sadist didn't stop there. He threw her down a 30-foot ravine in Del Puerto Canyon in Stanislaus County. He threw her down a ravine? 30 feet. Oh. Singleton sped off, confident that Mary Vincent would not survive the trauma and no one would ever know about his atrocious deeds. A mistake he would surely regret. I mean, I feel like the whole thing is something, before even throwing her off, is something he'd regret. I would hope. I don't think, I think he's kind of unhinged. True, But hopefully yeah. you, would, you would hope. Yeah, he's probably like, man, fuck this, dude. So Vincent, once again, regains consciousness in a truly desperate position. She's naked. In the bottom of the, the culvert, she's bleeding profusely, and she's alone. But somehow, she musters the strength to stand up, and then continues to walk three miles to the nearest freeway. With no hands? I mean, no arms? The following morning, two women come across Mary uh, stumbling down the road. Like I said, she's naked, and she's holding what remains of her severed limbs in the air, straight up, so that the blood and muscles would not fall out. Oh, she's holding them up? Yeah. Oh, God. What did these white I mean, what did these women do? Well, they, they, they helped her. Okay. She God. was rushed to the hospital and gave a detailed description of Lawrence Singleton. The sketch artist mock-up was so accurate that Singleton's neighbor immediately recognized him <laughs> and called the police. Damn. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Like, she was like, this is legit him. And his neighbor was like, oh, God. He definitely said, oh, God. Here's, here's maybe one of the more upsetting bits. So they, they obviously arrest him, yeah. bring him to court. Mm-hmm. Singleton was then sentenced to only 14 years in prison. How? I know. He cut her arms off. And other stuff, yeah. How? That was the maximum, excuse me, maximum possible sentence allowed at the time. What? In the, 
in the late 70s, the motion gift for cutting somebody's arm off is and four, sexual assault and sexual assault sexual together assault, attempted murder are four all those together can only get you 14 years. Yeah. So of those 14 years, here's something. It gets even worse. Of those 14 years, Singleton only serves eight years and four months. He gets out early for good behavior? Whereupon he was released on parole for good behavior. Oh. They're high enough. I mean, they were handing good behavior out like it was a fucking salad listen, back listen then. Listen to that. <laughs> like, it was easy to get that. Listen to this. Despite he was releasing good behavior early, despite um, a psychiatric evaluation conducted shortly before his release uh, that noted, quote, because he is so out of touch with his own hostility and anger, he remains an elevated threat to others' safety and oh. outside prison. Or excuse me, inside and outside prison. While in prison, Singleton wrote several letters to Mary's lawyer, threatening he Mary. Wrote letters to them. He wrote letters to Mary's lawyer for Mary, threatening her life. So that's when you forward it to the ju- like the judge or someone or the authorities, and you go, "He's got good behavior. You should keep him. Him." That guy over there, he should stay here. Some Mar- people just need to stay. You know, don't free him. You can keep him. Mary was terrified about what would happen to her now that Lauren Singleton was set free. Does she have robo arms? That's fucked up. I wish. She's got like the typical like claw arms now. Oh. She's alive. I know. Obviously. But- um, Singleton moved to Florida after his release was heavily of protested he in did. California. People were saying that he should die, go back into jail. Yeah. They didn't want him around. So he moves to Florida like every crazy person does. Yeah, exactly. Because everyone crazy lives in Florida. Or Wisconsin. That's or, where all the serial killers come from. Or the Bronx, specifically. A few years after his release, the police receive a phone call from a painter who had witnessed something horrible through the window of a Tampa residence. This residence was what Singleton now called his home. A nude man raising his arm over and over again over a bloody woman who was slouched over his couch. The painter recounted hearing bones crushing like chicken bones snapping. Police arrived and were met with a blood-spattered Lawrence Singleton. The woman was Roxanne Hayes, a 31-year-old mother of three, who Singleton had stabbed to death. Of course he did. And this is the 90s? At this point, this is... um. I guess this is a few years, so maybe not the 90s. Maybe this is the 80s. He didn't even go that long without murdering somebody. No, it was. It was about 20. It said few years, but it's more like about 20. Okay. So this is the 90s. So this is the 90s. Wow. That's, that's as we know, that's as much as we know, he might have fucking killed more. The news reached Mary, and she knew that she had to face her attacker once again. Oh, fuck that. She was not required to testify at the trial. But she felt compelled to. Yeah, good. She needed to see that justice would finally be served. Yeah. Mary recounted the terrible event that she had encountered 20 years prior to a stunned courtroom. Her account was part of the reason that Lawrence Singleton was sent to death row. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where he unfortunately passed away from cancer in 2001. It's only unfortunate because he didn't get to get uh, his entirety of his sentence. Well, actually, to me, I feel like passing away of cancer is worse. Yeah, well, Mary Vincent Slower. was upset that he died of cancer. I bet she, she, she felt was. cheated that she, uh, because um, that she because he never saw his death sentence followed through did not get whatever closer closure she so desperately sought. Well, you know how death row works is it's you can get on death row, but it still yeah. would take like it could take years for you to actually get mm-hmm. killed, which I feel like is weird. Like I feel like 
at the max, it should be like a year. But I do feel like, like if they can, if you're they putting someone on death you. row, you should be ready to just Yeah, like I feel like you they sh- one shouldn't tell them so that every day would be like fuck. That's a, that's that's even better. Fuck they're like, Well, when is it coming? And then I feel like there's one day they're like, no, right, right now. Yeah, and then I feel like you wait till like a, a like a Halloween or something, like a holiday, and you go like, hey, hey bud, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Ah, you son of a bitch, we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're just gonna do it now. We're just gonna do it right now. And then that's when you either do like something. It has I feel like personally, this is me. This is my philosophy. Okay. I feel like it should be the same. So I feel like it should have went slit the arms. Oh yeah. Slit the arms. And then do the injection, but do just little bits of it. So he slowly kind of feels it. And then you give him the full hit and then it should be agonizing. I mean, he's really a monster. Yeah. So it shouldn't be like they just no, die. Like no yeah. love lost for. Yeah. Like it should, you know, it should be like a actual painful death. Like it shouldn't just be like a, all right, let's give you this injection. All right, get out of here. No, it should be like electric chair. Ah, Electric chair is too quick. Okay. Unless they kind of fuck up. Yeah. And then I purposely. I saw Green Mile. I feel like they should fuck up one time, like on purpose. Like, yeah. like, oh, shit, we went a little too much. And then have them, like, you know. Just set a, uh, send a message. Yeah. Else. And then be like, all right, dude, we're going to just do injection now. Like, I feel like it should be like a combination if we're going to, like, do, like, you keep building up to it and taking it away, so you just like yeah, coaster. Yeah, like you just it should be like a build up. Like they shouldn't have to be like, all right, you're dead, bam. Because I feel like that's not. Sometimes it's part. Some parts of me is like they should do like life because they should get the whole prison time. I think they. I kind of feel like that might be worse. Yeah, but I feel like they should do life, but not like one of those good prison. Like lets them have books and stuff. They should get like no, a, a bare cell. They gotta when lay I in say there all life, the wall. I say life. I mean like maximum, like maximum uh, security. You put them in that fucking just an empty room with the, and they can't see shit every day. They don't get to come out. They just sit in the fucking room with no clothes on. So they can't hang themselves. Yeah, that that's what I. I don't think it seems fair. In a that's lot of what these I cases. think is groovy. I think that's groovy to me. So it, as crazy as I, a lot of these stories um, from like the seventies and sixties, um, where people like almost killed somebody or something like that. It's honestly crazy the the lenient sentences that they got. Yeah, because the seventies and eighties. You talk about the war on drugs. There should have been a war on. Sentencing because well, it sucks. Yeah, because back then I feel like the sentences were a lot like a lighter. Because if if that happened today, one he would get life like without a question, or with all those things mixed together, he's getting like at the least, at the least he would have got like you have to forty Im- to fifty years. You have to imagine how frustrated and upset Mary was that the guy that like brutalized her was then set free to and then, then killed somebody else. Yeah, I mean every life matters, but like a mother of three. Yes, I would have been pissed off because I would have been like, it could have stopped here, but then instead we let it go. Even though they were like, he's really psych psychiatrically, he's damaged. Yeah, I don't Psychologically. know. Psychologically. The 70s was such a weird time when it came to sentences. Like, people were getting, like, like 10 years, 20 years, 
like you murder someone even that much, you should be like alive. Yeah, because they, it, the problem is with attempted murder versus murder is like attempted murder, you should get the same. Yeah, because, because you, you tried to. Yeah, like you went Just because you failed doesn't mean you should get a less of a sentence. Yeah, like you went for it, but then you fucked up. Like you just, you, you weren't good at it. Yeah, or that person was just had a strong will. Or that like, person like had Mary a strong Vincent. fucking will. Or the next person. Next question, though. Allison me, Botha. Real fast. Okay. Before we get to Allison. This is a, a moral question. You've seen a lady come up to you with no arms. Are you helping them? I feel like you have to. There's no way I could live with myself if I didn't. I, sometimes, some people might say they're not. Some people would probably be terrified. That's what I'm saying. Some people would be like, fucking, I'm out of here. I mean, I'd be terrified, but I couldn't abandon. I feel like I, I would call 911. Maybe from a distance, but I would call I mean, 911. I don't even know what you could do with other than calling 911. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you could be like, all right, just keep your arms up. Well, she knew. Yeah. I read, I, I actually heard another account of this that said that I couldn't find it in the, when I was doing the research times. So I don't know if it's actually like factually accurate that not only did she like keep her arms up, that when, when she fell into that ravine, she had made, she had like made, I don't want to say made, she like put mud on the ends of her arms okay. to kind of like, I don't know what to call it. To kind of like keep it all together. Uh, Instead of just being like blood flush, you like packed mud onto it. So there's some be- dirt. Yeah. And I was like, wow. She was like, if that was me, I would have been like, I'm dead. Yeah, no. And same. she was like, no, 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 no. She was like, not to fucking day. This old bastard is not getting away with this. And then he, and did, then he did Yeah, he did get away with it. But yeah, I mean, man. Anything else you want to say about Mary Vincent at this moment? Uh, hey, salute to Mary, man. For being out here still. Another, so you ready to move on? Yeah, let's move on to it. The second and final story uh, of survival comes from Allison Botha, or Botha. She's a, it's South African. Botha. So, uh, so now let's jump forward a little more than 15 years after Mary Vincent's case to okay. Port Elizabeth, South Africa. Oh, no. It's December 18th, 1994, and I'm going to call her Botha. And Allison Botha, a 27-year-old insurance broker, returned to her apartment shortly after 1 a.m. Is it woman? Uh, yes. Oh! She had spent the day with her, fr- uh, I think her, well, I, well, you know it's a tale survival. She's getting attacked. Her attackers are also white. Ah! She had spent the day with friends. Sounds to see a theme. And had actually just dropped one off on her way home. Okay. Parking her car on the street outside, she turned off the engine and lights, and with that, the door next to her opened. Before she was even able to turn her head, a knife was against her throat. Move over or I'll kill you, said the man. Allison moved over to the passenger seat, and the man climbed in and turned the car back on. Allison considered jumping from the car, but was paralyzed with fear. The man said that he wasn't going to hurt her, he just needed to use her car for an hour. Oh, come no, hold on, pause. Clear bullshit. Yeah. You might as well just say I'm going to hurt you. Like, at that point, I'd feel a little better. Don't come to me with some bullshit like, like, I'd, part of me would have been like what he was like, I just need to use your car for a little bit. I would be like, no. Bye. Come on, dog. Come on, man. So he asked her name and she lied. She said, yep. Susan. Yep. He said his name was Clinton. Also a lie. Yes. She mustered up the courage to ask for him to let her go, even saying he could take her car. He said he wanted the company and was looking for a friend who had stolen his TV. Open the seat. I mean, open the door. Just jump out of the moving car. Leap right out. <coughs> I've done it before. The, oh, really? Yes, actually. Believe it or That's not. That's wild. Back in the old days. 
They finally rolled up to a nightclub, bustling with people. But still, Allison didn't feel safe. She felt as if the people wouldn't help her because these people seemed to be cut from the same cloth as the car thief beside her. Oh, no. A man emerged from the crowd, clad in black, and got in the car. Clinton, I'm going to call him Clinton at the time, yep. uh, even though that's his name. Clinton introduced him as Teens. Or Teens? It's a South African name. Oh, I thought you said he, Teens. This is Teens. This is Teens. This is all the... It's T-H-E-U-N-S, and they said it was pronounced Teens. Ah, this is all the teenagers in the world. They drove off. The car was silent. Clinton watched the road, and Teens smoked. Oh, shit. That's not what you want to hear. They just doing the backseat smoke, and that's when you know it's going left. They drove her to a deserted site near a secluded coastal road. Clinton turned the car off, and Teens got out and walked some distance away. Allison asked, now what? And Clinton looked at her, shocked. But I thought you would have realized we want sex. What? He asked if she would fight, and Allison said no. Okay, pause. Hmm. I'd be like, dog, we could have did this back at my place. <laughs> been- Turn around. Let's go to a public yeah, place let's right now. Let's go to a very public place. Just me and you. Teens can stay here. Or option two, you buy this dig off. Okay, so I want to tell you that there was like, um, in the thing that I was reading, um, there was like a very, very detailed description of what they did to her, and I didn't feel like that was necessary. I don't blame you. Um, To include. So I'll just say... Allison was then violently raped, and when they were finished, she begged for her life. Please don't kill me, she said. And the most they could muster up in a response was, sorry. What? And then everything went black for Allison. Oh, no. Let's see. First off, don't say sorry to me. Personally. Just be like, I'd rather you just do the little shoulder shrug, like, you know, it, it is what it is. When she awoke, everything was still black, but at least she was alive. And that's when she realized what was happening. Her throat and neck were slashed so brutally that her head had fallen over backwards. All the major muscles on the front side of her... I'm laughing at your reaction more than anything. Um, The major muscles on the front side of her neck uh, were severed, and there was nothing to keep her head upright. She used her free hand the one not holding in her organs, spilling from her stomach, to pull her head forward. The surgeon who worked on her said her wounds went back all the way to her spine. Oh, God. When she pulled her head forward, her vision returned. What? Yeah. And it flashed in and out during her trek for help. Yeah, because your head's cut off. She fell many times, but always managed to get back up. The one silver lining, if you can even call it that, of her brutal assault was that the knife wounds, uh, the more than 30 that she had received to her stomach and the more than 16 that she had been dealt to her neck and throat area, had missed every major artery. Oh, so they're just really not good. And she would not bleed to death. uh, Excuse me. She would not bleed to death uh, because of that. And she wouldn't drown in her own blood because they had cut her throat so violently that she was able to breathe from her severed trachea. Wow. It's almost like they went, they tried to kill her too much that she lived, which is kind of really weird to think about. So they overkilled. They weren't <laughs> overkill. They really went for it. Like they, but then they fucked up. 
So drained and clinging to life, she reached a road, and with no more energy, she had to figure out what her course of action was. Laying down on the side of the road would do no good. No, because people are going to keep driving. How would any driver see her? Yes. With that thought, Allison laid down in the middle of the road. Smart. It would be impossible for anyone to miss her. Please tell me no one runs over her. Eventually, a car comes. Okay. The car stops, and she felt the headlights wash over her. She didn't hear the door open, so she stuck up her hand and waved, signaling that she was indeed alive. Still, there was no response. For a moment, she feared that it was Clinton and Teens who had returned to finish her off. But after some time, the car moved around her and drove away. Of course it did. Because morally, let's be honest here. All right, moral time. This is called our, our new segment, Morals with Emir and Tom. <laughs> okay. So you're driving down a dark road, and you see just one person laying in the middle of the road, and then they wave to you. I'd have a hard time believing that I wasn't seeing some, like, demon or something. Or... Because that's just, like, horrific. I'm thinking trap. <laughs> I'm thinking... I mean, that's very possible. Oh, they trying to kill me. Not today. I'm going right around and past her and not thinking twice. Here's a sidebar. We'll cut the story uh, with a little sidebar right here about that. Um, is that um, I actually heard the story one time. This guy who I think is like one of the weirdest stories I've ever heard. Um, who said he was like going through the Rockies on this drive. Mm-hmm. And he takes this like mountain road and it's, there's not, it's not a lot of uh, traffic. And he drives up and he, re- he reaches a point where there's like bushes on both sides mm-hmm. and he sees a car accident. He sees two bodies in the road and he's like, uh-oh. Yeah. I think they said he was a doctor, but I don't, that's not super relevant. So he, he, he slows down and looks and he doesn't get out of his car though. And he's like, something doesn't feel right here. And so he drives around the accident and looks at them and he's like, something really feels off and I don't want to get out and look. And so he drives around, and as he drives past them, the bodies get up, and he looks in the rearview mirror, and he, at this point, since they got up, he continues to drive away. He looks in the rearview mirror and sees out of the bushes a bunch of people come out. Ooh. It was like it really was a trap. My man he kept going. I would have called and, the cops right after. Like, so I guess it's hard to say. Like, I said, they, tri- they they chilling down there. You need to go and pull over. <laughs> I guess it, it's really hard to say. Um like if you're like if you're like well if something feels off like what if you're wrong I'm not and it's pulling over like this I'm sorry you sit in your car and call the nine one one you're like I'm not sitting in my car either. I'm driving a little bit forward and then I'm gonna say hey yo then I'm gonna call nine one one and say there's a random white woman living well I tell you they didn't they down. didn't this person didn't do any of that they just left her I don't blame like morally I can't blame them in this I can't my morals won't allow it like I know a lot of us want to say that we would be the superhero and then be like I'm pulling over. Are you okay? No, I'm keeping it moving. So we'll go back to the story. So she's left in the road by this person. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, elation to finding or to, to being found turns to panic, which then turns to sadness and then settles to loneliness. Finally, someone came by who did help her. Despite all that had happened, it had only been an hour and a half since Clinton had entered her car. Really? Oh, they're quick. I, I was like, wow, an hour and a half? That was a really, that's a f- wild hour and a half. A man kn- knelt beside her and took her hand. 
He was young, but spoke calmly, telling her to relax. She tried to respond, but nothing would come out. This man was, this is another South African name, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this as well. The man was Tian Eilard, a 20-year-old oh. veterinary student. Mm. While a friend called for an ambulance, Tian checked her heart rate, which was weak, but present. Okay. Her skin was cold. She had lost a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. Knowing her consciousness now was crucial to her survival, he continued talking to her, reminding her to breathe. Allison remained calm despite the trauma, but she did want him to know about her violent stomach injury. At this point, um, and during her walk, she was keeping in her organs in her stomach, her intestines from spilling out yeah. via a denim shirt that she had. And so at this point, it's under her that, that wound is hidden underneath this denim jacket. Yeah. So she wants him to know about that before anything happens. She gestures towards it, and he complies by lifting the shirt. What he saw jolted and horrified him. I would have threw up. Yeah, I think it'd be hard not to. Yeah, right on it. I would have felt bad. Wow. I would have felt awful, but I probably would have. He struggled. Where'd I go? Um, he struggled to withhold his fear from Allison's gaze. He wasn't able to totally hide it, and uh, that, along with the delayed ambulance response, response called. Uh, wow, I can't speak. I want to restart the sentence. Um, he wasn't able to hide it. And that, along with the, de- the delayed ambulance response, caused Allison to return to panic. Tian began to panic, too. An hour had passed, and still no sign of an ambulance. <sighs> Ultimately, it took one hour and 45 minutes and four phone calls for the ambulance to arrive. Damn, these African-talking ambulances really take their time. Sound yeah, like, it was like an hour and 45 minutes. That's the worst ambulance I've ever heard of. Sounds like an At ambulance. At that point, it better be a hearse. Sounds like an ambulance from the hood. That's sad. They really take their time. Um, so at around 5 a.m. the following morning, like from when she was, uh, no, 5 a.m. the next yeah. morning, yeah. At around 5 a.m., Franz Dutois Clinton, oh. that was his real name, Franz oh. Dutois, and Teens Kruger were arrested. Oh, so he gave his real name. Yeah. Then why did Clint even... I don't know. The thing, he introduced his friend w- with his real name. Yeah, like, this is my mom, Teens. <laughs> and he's like, what the I heck, dude? I thought we were doing code names. I, thought you, I bet you Teens got caught first, and then he was like, fucking, I'm snitching. It turns out that Allison was not their first victim. Oh, of course she wasn't. February of that same year, they had kidnapped and raped another woman. They also let this victim go. They let her go? A young pregnant woman. Okay. She immediately went to police, and both men were arrested. At this point, February of the same year. This is 10 months prior. I know, that's exactly my emotions the whole time. I was doing the research. So on December 5th, they appeared in court for this previous crime uh, and were released on their own recognizance. Oh, come the fuck on. <laughs> Dude, I, I feel you. I was, the whole time I was like... What the fuck is happening in South Africa? Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with their and system? And California, 1978. What's, what year is this? 1994. 1994? Yeah. What the fuck is going on in South Africa in 1994? I if no you idea. know, if something big has to be going, like, I don't know, like Nelson Mandela or something, I don't know. So what on December f- 5th, they appeared in court and were released on their own recognizance, provided that they return on January 5th. Oh, come on. I'm not coming back. A month later. Yeah, why would you? Yeah, why would you come back if you just raped someone? 
Less than two weeks after this court appearance, uh, appearance excuse me, they abducted Allison. <sighs> yeah. The men were self-proclaimed Satanist. Of course uh, they Satanist, were. And they said they were conducting a ritual murder. Oh, of course they were. Yeah, that they, sounds about right. They did not belong to any formal or informal Satanic group. Does it matter? I'm probably not. Dutrois claimed that during a ritual in 1985, conducted by a witch he'd met in Adelaide, a demon had taken possession of him. Okay, hold on. Look, see, okay, this is another thing about me, right? This fucking, I hate the insanity plea. I really... He's not even saying he's insane. He was like, I was possessed. That is saying you're insane. Pretty much. I hate, if he gets the insanity plea, I will literally flip this table. I'll tell you that this one ends better than the last one. Okay, because I guess gets, if you can say that, if he gets the insanity plea, because I hate that shit. Everyone immediately goes, "I'm crazy." Um. So the demon, which Dutrois called Incubus, of course he did, supposedly spoke to him inside his head and would sometimes give him orders to have violent sex. <laughs> which I was like, "Yikes!" It's an order. On June tenth, nineteen ninety five. Dutrois underwent an exorcism. Sergeant James Lottering of the Occult-Related Crimes Unit in the Eastern Cape contacted Pastor Arthur Frost, who conducted the proceedings. Sergeant Lottering testified that a demon did in fact manifest itself during the exorcism, and five people had to push down Dutrois um, down onto the chair. However, in the final uh, analysis, alleged demonic possession was just another way or was listed as just another way to deny responsibility for one's actions. Exactly, exactly. The judge was like, hell no. Because if he was that crazy, you shoot him right there. Fuck it. We're not We're not going to let you move on. If you're really out here with the demon in you, we just, sorry, pal, it's over. Catch you on the flip side. Franz Dutrois was sentenced to three terms uh, of life imprisonment. Okay. One uh, of the charges related to each attack. And Teens Kruger received 25 years for the rape of the initial woman. Um, and then a life sentence for the attack on Allison. Okay. See, Teets was like, I'm not, I'm not. What he said, I don't have that. I'm just, I'm out here having a good time, basically. That's what he was I saying. I think that actually he got three terms because uh, Franz Dutrois had actually hurt a, a third person. Oh, okay. Um, but still, like, Teens only got 25 years for the initial brutality. So his Teens is like, hey, this guy's going OD over there. Which I was like, Teens Kruger? I was like, how appropriate a name for a fucking psychopath. Yes. He sounds like it. He sounds like a villain from a movie. Her injury, yeah. Freddy Krueger? Yeah, well... His brother. Her, yeah. Her injuries were... So we'll go back to Allison. Now that we know what happens to them. Her injuries at the time were so severe that doctors said she would not survive. Yeah. Um, she was in surgery for three hours to close the wounds to her throat and stomach and fix her intestines. She still remained in intensive care after that, but she pulls through. Yeah. She also had intentional damage to her reproductive organs. Oh. Intentional. They were like really gunning for her. And it was uh, said to be unlikely that she would ever be able to have kids. Aww. But um, she was persistent, and she had not one but two kids after okay, this. Okay, shit, already. Which she considers to be the greatest victory over her attackers. Yeah, because for some reason they didn't want to have kids. 
She now tra- this is the final thing. Um, Allison now travels the world as a motivational speaker and a um, is it an advocate and advocate for sexual assault victims. Okay, Allison. Hell yeah, that's a great ending and to she, that story. Here's the thing: you would think that she got that horrific stuff. I saw pictures of her, and I was like, she doesn't. She they did some good work in fixing her up. I want to see these pictures after this. Okay, I have to find some. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But yeah, that's two stories of survival for you guys. Pretty insane Shit. stuff. Shit. That's fucked. It, it feels like something that was like I intentionally written. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Nice save. Yeah, that's fucked. It feels like something that was intentionally written in like a horror, like a torture porn horror yeah. film. Some, it feels like somebody wrote that and was just like, here it is. You can have it. This also kind of reminds me of the second story of um, if you hark back to our days um, as um, the podcast that shall not be named. Yeah. Um, show that's dead. When we did um, one about the Warrens. Yeah. And they, one of those cases, they had um, a possession thing, the Warrens did, and they, they, they brought to court the idea of demonic possession as well. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and it failed at that time too. I thought it was sure. they try to use it here. And, and also one of the movies for Shocktober, um, drawing it back to that was yep. the exorcism of Emily Rose. I remember. Have you ever seen it? Yes. Uh, what uh, do you mean? I did the fucking Shocktober. Oh yeah. Sorry. God, dude, what the fuck is, that's an off podcast thing. Cause I'm not liking how you're trying to take <laughs> what I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get you. Well, I guess I'm I just, sorry. What's not, what's one of the attention? Let's not do this on the show. Cause I don't want it to fall apart in front of everyone. No, he fucking did it. <laughs> but all right, yeah, no. Um, that movie it. is all about um, a courtroom like proceeding, uh, where they try to prove the possibility of demonic possession. We also did an episode on that. About what? Remember, like all the shit that happened to that movie. Did we do? Remember the plane crashing and was shit that with that, the director? that movie? Was it that one? No, I think or was it just the exorcism? We did the. Poltergeist, The Exorcist, okay. and The Omen. So we might just, have done some other ones, but I don't, I don't remember know. that I one. I think it was it. just one of those three. But yeah, so it's kind of like a demonic position never held up as a response in the court of law. It shouldn't. And I was actually just talking to um, my roommate, who's like a psychology major. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about insanity pleas in court yeah. and how like, it's, it's actually really, as much as people like try to call insanity, it's actually fairly hard for those to be successful because to do an insanity plea, I feel like you have to recognize that you're insane, which would mean that you have to admit that you understand what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. Which is kind of the purpose. You'd have to have almost your lawyers would have to go do it on your behalf. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, the whole thing about insanity pleas, you have to, not only do you have to recognize that you can't recognize that what you did was wrong. You have to recognize that you have no idea what's good or bad. Yes. And plus that's why people do temporary insanity. That's stupid. Nobody should do that. If you do a bad thing, you should face the full force of the law. Yeah. Uh, Actually you should, in some cases you should, uh, face the, whatever the exceeds the force of the law because you shouldn't have let Lawrence Singleton out and you shouldn't have let... Uh, the Satanists walk free after their first attack. That, pol- that system shouldn't be like whoever is in charge there should not exist. That's pretty much or at least they shouldn't have a some job. Their, I hope they reformed some of their laws after that. I would think they did. Well, South Africa, I need to know because that's 1994. That's long, but not too long ago. 
Like that's like it's like twenty four years. Yeah, that's like twenty four years ago. So that's not too long ago. So they can still be tripping today. I mean, nineteen seventy eight really isn't that long it ago isn't either, either, and it's, it's kind of crazy that. But maybe, America's maybe, changed so much since then. I want to say that maybe the uh, the attempted murder thing maybe is held in a different extent, and then just sexual violence as a whole was perceived differently. Yeah. Then and they were like, well. Oh well, yeah, because they were coming because they were coming off the fifties, like fifties, and then the sixties. Like the fifties was that was twenty years ago at that point. In the fifties, it was kind of like, hey, do whatever you want to your wife. Do if you want to cut your wife, do it, go for it. And then like around the sixties is when the women were like, nope. In seventies, it was like I feel like that's when it was starting to get the change going. So I can understand how that system was fucked. But the South Africa 94, I need to know what was going on because that's fucked. I think South Africa, and I don't want to like stereotype it yeah. at all because I don't really know. It's like it's like the white Africa. It's like yes. we're all, especially so, back then. And so they have a lot of problems with like racism. Apartheid. Uh, yeah. And uh, I kind of feel like there's just backwards. I mean, Nelson Mandela really was not that long ago. It wasn't. I mean, he just died. But it also doesn't ago? make sense because those people were white. Yeah. So unless they're like, they might be like. But she was white, a woman. That's what I'm saying. So maybe like everything yeah, there's backwards. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? White women, they might have been like, you're white. But you're also a woman. So you, you're you halfway there. And you're you're pregnant. And maybe you don't have the, you're not married to the father. Yeah. And so it's best super backwards and yeah. messed up. God, my fucking arms are hurting now. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, you know, when you think about it, it's really frustrating. And I, I'd like to think that there's the justice system is better now, but I think that as a whole, it's probably not. I mean, there's some, yeah, there's for some, some folks, yeah, for others, it's not, but for some folks, it is. Like, for, yeah, no, not to be like, like, I mean, we even talked you about know, jumpy. Oh, no, you go for it. What I was going to say, like, you know, for even women still, like, it's not, this could happen today, we, hypothetically. And I even posted it on the Instagram, I think. Depending saw, on where. Is that, like, the, even the justice system, <laughs> so. in terms of our, like, law enforcement officials is, like, super backwards. Yes. And it was, like, l- police officers are two to four times more likely than general population citizens yeah. to commit domestic abuse against their families. Because who's going to narc on the narc? I mean, that's always it's, been it. You know, one wants to think of the police officer as the bad guy. That's yeah. a different conversation. It's a whole different. That's comment. why. That's a real statistic. And you should go look at our Instagram to yeah. to go read the article from the Atlantic that looked at it. I was blown away. Yeah. I so mean, yeah, I would like to think that things are better now, but I don't know if they are. But I mean, these women are like incredible, incredible women. Way yes, more willpower are. than I would ever have. I would look. I would have gave up in both of those. I mean, talk about getting my arms cut off. I would have been thrown in a ditch. I would have been if like, I it's get over. My throat I, slashed, and yeah, and my head was hanging backwards, yes. and my guts were spilling out. I no, would not even definitely trying. give up. The fact that I'd be alive, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? You have to imagine she must have had like not only like intense willpower, but like she must have had like the whatever. What does adrenaline come from? Do you know? Like moments, yeah. Moments no, like, well, no, I mean like, like what is physically. It actually, oh. Her, whatever it comes from must have been like working fucking overdrive. Yeah, it had to be. And she was just like, I, like in so much in shock that she was like, hold my guts Fuck in it. and hold it's my head up. The adrenal glands. Adrenal gland. Yes. Thank you, Grant. I feel like at that point she probably didn't feel it. 
I have to imagine after two hours laying in the road, she wasn't. There's she no was, way she felt it. Her body was just like, what? It the probably fuck? just was in shock and just shut down. It was like, all right. Because I'm telling you, I'm done with both of those situations. But in the second one, I'm really done. I mean, I commend both of them, and they both face hard things. Uh, Mary um, was like heavily, heavily, obviously, you have to imagine both of them are are heavily afflicted by what they dealt with. But Allison, then she not only like decades of push through it, but also then become a motivational speaker and like an advocate for all this stuff. I was like, wow. Yes. Have kids, raise a family, and be like, the big F you to her attackers. I was mm-hmm. like, holy cow. That's forever that's, therapy. That's amazing. She'd be locked in therapy. I would never, like, me and my therapist would live together. Kind of, she's got, she turned around. I'm yes. like, there's just some badass women. They are. There's Women are traditionally badass. There's not many. They go through a lot. So, I mean, in that, dude. That was spooked. Treat women better. Like, yeah, you said that was spooked. You said it. <laughs> I feel like it's the thing now. Yeah, it I, I try. I'm trying to try to fight it when I can, but you can't. It's. Hey, I wanted just, to say it before you just let it get at in. At the man. end, just let it in. Do you have anything else you want to say about Mary Vincent or Allison Batha no. and what they faced? Generally, I'm just gonna say treat women better. Yeah. So maybe we should stop treating women like shit. Yeah, men do better. People do better. As a whole, yeah, justice system do better. Everyone just do better. Everybody do better. I like that. That's a positive note to end on. Yeah, because that was food. But like we always say, now of days because of last week, we had to change shit. Well, when I say thank you for listening to Conspiracy Club, yes, and there's always spots open at the table, so don't be afraid to join the conspiracy. And find out what the real truth is out there. Join the conspiracy or join the club. Both. You could either be the conspiracy or you could be in the club trying to find out what the the fuck is a conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, And make sure you follow us. What the fuck? On Twitter, at Tom and Amir. That's at T-O-M-A-N-D-E-M-I-R. We're on our Twitter posting the links to the episodes when they come out. Other stuff throughout the week. Our Instagram as well. We're posting relevant Photos, true crime, yeah, conspiracy we, yeah. related. I finished October recently. You did? With Halloween. The first one. 1978. Not the one you're thinking. Yeah, and me and Tom watched that one together. So he may know that one. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a good movie. What can I say? John Carpenter. I love that guy. Ain't nothing more you can say with that. Enough said. Enough is said. All right, thank you guys for listening. Remember to join the club, and we'll catch you next week. Yep, and as me and Tom always say at the end of every episode, wow, that episode was fooked.